Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. So behind that peaceful countenance, there's, 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 uh, they're up to no good. Not huh? only they're peaceful, Patrick, but they're really, really stupid. Uh, there's <laughs> Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. It's like you said, beginning of the week, it's not an off week. You know, it's a, it's a rest and reload week. And uh, I think we got some good work today. We went back, watched some film with some specific areas we wanted to work on, and uh, we're getting better at them. Their defense at home has only given up 12 points per game, best in the NFL. They've only given up eight touchdowns at home, fewest in the NFL. They're only giving up 240 yards Good numbers. Fewest in the NFL. I don't think anybody can beat the Vikings in Minnesota. That was uh, Peter Schrager from NFL Network. And if he's right, they don't have to go to Philadelphia. I don't. That, that game is not nearly as scary as it would have been a month ago with Carson Wentz. The fact that Nick Foles and company, they couldn't even put up a point at home against Dallas. Uh, here are the poll results from earlier in the show. What is your level of emotional investment in the Vikings? What does your emotional investment in this Vikings team compare closest to in your life? Mm-hmm. 30% say it's like the emotional investment to their family. <laughs> That's a deep, deep connection. That's a lot of investment to this, to this right particular there. team. Uh, <laughs> second place in voting is your next meal. Third place is your underwear. That's kind of where I stand. I'm going to keep an arm's yeah, length. Not, yeah, that's, I want them to win. I'm just not going to. We'll see. Once we get to the NFC Championship game, then we'll see. That's pretty distant. Right and then there. your job is the the fourth one here. 651-646-8255. 877-615-1500. How does your level of emotional attachment or investment to this team compare to other Vikings teams in your history as a fan? Yeah, and keep, keeping in mind, too, that, that if you were invested in 98 and 2009, and got let down before. Are you are you afraid now to go back there? Now I, I told you before the one thing where where I will say uh, it's a good thing is this does feel different. This Vikings team is built differently than certainly uh, 2009, 98. Those teams were built around either a quarterback in Favre or the entire offense uh, with Cunningham and Moss and that crew. So the one good thing is. The, the construction of this team starts with its defense, not its offense. And I do think that in uh, in crucial games, there's a much bigger chance that your defense can win games as, as opposed to an offense where if one thing goes wrong, you're in huge trouble. Uh, I, I agree with this tweet from Joe to at 1500 ESPN Judd at Phil Mackey. 1998 set me up to be negative and cynical as a Vikings fan. Expected the implosion in 2009. If they win this year... I'll say, great, now our offensive coordinator and possibly all the quarterbacks are gone. I don't know if I'd take it that far. Gotta, but, so you got to enjoy this. But don't you think that... Enjoy it for what it is. As a sports fan, that like the 98 team, whatever, you know, what, 
whatever stripped you from that innocence now prevents you from being yes. anything but cynical. For a lot of people, you look yes, at absolutely. Every possible good thing, and you wonder when is Carl Anthony Towns gonna have a falling out with the organization or tear his ACL. I mean, you think of you just think of the worst possible scenarios in every case. So, like in, Jose Barrios, probably gonna need Tommy John surgery in June, right? So, in '98, you were how old? Thirteen. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the perfect time to be set to be set up to be cynical for life, and the perfect time to, if you haven't experienced it yet. To be really Pollyanna about, oh. I'm telling you, 41 Donut, okay? It might have stunk, but it wasn't a big deal. You you went there, you went to the Giants in what was, in my opinion, sort of a pop-up year where you didn't know what to expect going in, and you got blasted. And it might have hurt for that night. But I don't think, I don't think that there is a long-term psychological damage done by that. 98 and 2009 are completely different. When you go 15 and 1, and and in 98, the first half in the Dome, to me, was a celebration of this team was going to Miami, and the only question was, in the second half, what was the final score going to be? When you have that much psychological damage, including the missed kick inflicted, it changes you as a sports fan. That that 41 donut season was the one that we do it. We just kind of, we read that one off because it was two years after the 98 season. That was the 2000 season. Yes. I don't. That wasn't a pop-up season. That was the end of an era season. And it. And I remember watching that game, thinking, "Boy, this is what was supposed to happen two years ago." And I got rope-a-doped in for like the pre-week oh, lead-up to that Giants game, I thinking, didn't "Feel that way at all?" Wait a second. Wait. Yeah. It. It can still happen. Yeah. No. Like this is. Like it's still Carter and Moss, and the offense is maybe it's not what it was a couple years ago, but this this can still happen. And then so I. I didn't emotionally invest that year until literally the week leading up to oh, the NFC Championship game. Big mistake. And then, you know, they were down 21 nothing in the first quarter. Big mistake. So. That that year, I, I recall going into that, that year, I didn't know what to expect. And then they got to that game, and I'm like, okay, they you know, they might win. But I didn't care one bit. In 98, you were so – because you had spent that, that year – you know, Moss catches, what, a touchdown pass in the first game. I mean, the investment in 98 was so high. And 2009 is the same because the investment in Favre, I mean, when they went out in 09 and got Favre, everyone was instantly in. In 2000, that was a decent team, but I don't remember there being sort of a linchpin to that year. 98 and 2009 had definite yeah. triggers where you said, everyone's in now. You know, it's what's, in retrospect... Because they were still very good in 1999, good enough to you know get to the playoffs, play a divisional round playoff game. Jeff George and they just unluckily ran into. I don't remember who the Rams beat. I think it was actually it was the Buccaneers. It was the Buccaneers in the NFC Championship game. But the 99 season would have been the path. 98, we still take for granted. The Denver Broncos had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, mm-hmm. one of the greatest running backs at that point of all time. You had a loaded roster up and down. Where if you were to, you probably would have lost that game if you got there. 2000, let's say you get, let's say instead of 41 donut, you somehow get by the Giants to go to the Super Bowl. Well, now you're only playing perhaps the greatest defense of all time. Toasted by the Ravens. But in 1999, when you were still pretty high octane offensively, good enough to go into the playoffs, win double digit games, and you would have had the Titans coming in from the other side. I mean, that was a 13 and 3 Titans team, but it wasn't a, it was a good Titans team, but it wasn't. It was a pop-up year for them. And you run into the upstart, greatest show on turf, St. Louis Rams. And they run you out of their stadium in the second half. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1340.
1,500. Emotional attachment is what we're talking about here. 2009 was probably the year, right? 2009 was probably the year if you were going to make it and play the Colts. I mean, that was a good Colts team, but it was a beatable Colts team. If you had taken the Vikings, a healthy Vikings team, into that game, I would have liked your chances. If you had gotten past the Saints and gone played the, the Colts, it would have been a good game, a close game, but you would have had a really realistic chance to win that yeah. game. Uh, Nick says on Twitter here, because of 98 and 09, I won't get too attached until they actually make the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard, what's going on, man? First of all, as bad as it was, Anderson missed a kick. Those of us who are a little older remember the Nate Wright shove. Nothing is worse than that. 75, that right? Tough. Yep, that was like someone stuck a knife in your gut and turned it twice, then made you watch it each time. They show fantastic finishes. Okay, so that just for the older people, this team and this team's built around defense can compete for a long time. Because if you go back when the Vikings had their six, their four Super Bowl appearances, they were built on defense. This team's going to the Super Bowl, and then it's a coin flip. Put it, write that down. Look at you, Howard. All in, Howard. You are all in. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Howard, for sure. And and my point from before is I think that this this franchise uh, can be competitive for an extended period, but what we need to uh what we need to enjoy about this is so much has gone right. I mean, this is a year where where Bradford goes out, that could have been catastrophic. It wasn't even close. Cook goes out. When Cook got hurt in week four, I thought to myself, uh-oh, this guy's been really good. If you think about the guys that, that they've lost on offense, they've replaced them all, and defensively, for the most part, they have not lost guys at all. So so I'm not saying that this franchise can't be uh, competitive for an extended period. What I'm saying is, in this league, I think you need to appreciate when things also go right. Because a year ago, nothing went right for you. Uh, I will say, too, if, if I get my wish, a dream matchup of Mike Zimmer versus Bill Belichick, two weeks of prepping. This would be an absolute nightmare matchup for Tom Brady and the Patriots to deal with. Where if the Vikings got there and they lost to the Patriots, it wouldn't be like a 41 to 10 drubbing where, oh, Tom Brady just, you run into Tom Brady. They would give the Patriots an absolute street fight in that Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It would be a grinded out game, probably down to the last possession. And then you just have to hope that your your Case Keenum and company can can put enough points on the board to, to make it work. Who stops Gronk? That's my only question yeah, offensively. It would be fun to Patriot have that standpoint. discussion for two weeks leading up. It really would be. Who would stop Gronk? I mean, to this point, Linebacker? nobody ever in his career. So. No, I know. It might be that there are no players that can stop Gronk. You can just maybe hold him to eight catches instead of 12. Could Barr stand a chance against him? Let's take one more call here uh, before we get to Mike Goley Jr. Uh, Mike on line one. You're on Mackie and Judd. Hey, fellas. How's it going today? What's happening? Good. Uh, I was just calling to uh, talk about my emotional investment. So I've been guarded all year long, waiting for the other shoe to drop, and uh, I think I'm uh, I think I'm finally all in. I uh, about a half hour ago, my I uh, just had to tell my boss I could not go on a business trip because I might miss the Vikings Super Bowl parade. How'd the boss take that? <laughs> Uh, being that she's not a sports fan, uh, she didn't uh, she didn't care for that quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're in for the parade already. Talk about getting a little bit down the, the road. I like it. Yep, yep. <laughs> so that's all I got for you. Thanks, fellas. That's pretty invested. You know what, though? Who cares? Like, if the sun's going to rise the next morning. Yeah. Unless it doesn't. Unless our president keeps tweeting nuke threats back and forth with North Korea. 
that's a whole well, other story. Still rise. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the sun. I mean, the sun. The sun's kind of light's gonna rise. <laughs> oh man, uh, Mike Golick Jr. <laughs> will join us when we come back. Now, exactly what is this special surprise you mentioned there? Mackie and Judd are back on fifteen hundred ESPN. Their defense at home has only given up 12 points per game, best in the NFL. They've only given up eight touchdowns at home, fewest in the NFL. They're only giving up 240 yards. Good numbers. Fewest in the NFL. I don't think anybody can beat the Vikings in Minnesota. We just keep playing that all day to uh, boost up our confidence and uh, maybe eliminate our insecurities until the Vikings play a playoff game in 11 days from now. Mike Golick Jr., you can hear on ESPN Radio very early in the mornings. He's been calling a college football. Are we going to have any shot at a Super Bowl parade here, or should we start to let ourselves down easy over the next month? No, man. Listen, why not go? Why not go all in? You don't get to know joy without opening yourself up to a little bit of pain. And right now, you guys got a chance to do the Super Bowl parade on your home turf. I'm going to come up and visit Minnesota when it happens. So I'm counting on Kyle. Let me ride on the parade float. With him. I'm, <laughs> I'm making plans for you guys right now. Awesome. Okay. So much pain here, though, Mike Golick. So much, so much previous pain. Ninety-eight, two thousand nine. You can't blame the uh, the fans here for being a bit guarded in their uh, investment. No, and listen, that's easy for me to come in and say as an outsider, but as someone who's a Notre Dame fan and has been burned a lot of times and has burned people, I can understand it because you sit around and you wait for the other shoe to drop and you just you constantly seem uneasy. So I can empathize with the situation, but I'm here to try and exude confidence for you guys and just you know let you soak some of the confidence from me right now because I know at times it can be hard to come by. Yeah. If, you are, if you're putting yourselves in the shoes of, uh, of your buddy Kyle Rudolph or Vikings players, which team should you fear most in the NFC bracket? Uh, there's only one possible road game for the Vikings. It'd be at Philadelphia, but they couldn't score a point in Week 17. So which team would you be most nervous about if you were looking at the other five in the NFC? Uh, it's, it's New Orleans. It, it, it's just such a complete approach from them. It's the one that most clo- closely mimics I think everything that Minnesota can do for you now, I'm not saying the defense is as good, but it plays well together. They've gotten more production out of the back end and, and combined that with Cam Jordan in the front end, continuing to harass quarterbacks. And you're talking about maybe the best running back tandem in NFL history. I mean, the first two guys in a backfield to go over 1,500 yards from scrimmage in the same season, essentially making Drew Brees almost like a relief pitcher. That's a scary thought. So that's the team because you look around at the rest of these teams, and you're right, you do see – backup quarterbacks you see Jared Goff who's largely unproven in a setting where he may have to win it on his own if it comes down to it and all the while you see Drew Brees just sort of waiting in the wings going all right guys you know my heart rate's not going to get too high in this scenario because I understand what this takes and there's that value of the experience of just going through the process I mean there are different things and we've seen this in college football now coming off this last weekend but the way you deal with the process leading up the way you prepare for certain things in this environment understanding that everyone kind of has a few tricks up their sleeve when they get to this time of season and having gone through that already i think always does provide some tangible benefits but we'll see how much in the nfc playoffs this year that's for sure in your mind uh mike if there's something about the vikings that could be exploited in a playoff game what would that be do you think 
Uh, I think the interior offensive line, I think at times it's been inconsistent this season. I understand some of that has had to do with nicks and bruises. This is a unit that's made a ton of improvement, but in the games where they've struggled, that's where it seems like the struggle has been. And, and Pat Elfline was one of my favorite guys coming into the season, and the job he's done this year has been stellar. But uh, I think especially with a quarterback like Chase Keenum, who's mobile enough, he's had some Houdini moments this year, but that's always the the weakness in the run in the run game as well. So. I just think when you're so loaded at other spots, when you're so loaded at wide receiver and tight end, when the defense is so good, this is the one area you can probably poke at and say, yeah, it's drastically improved, but the standard in these other spots is just so high. I don't see them getting really exploited in any of those areas. Do you trust Case in the playoffs? Uh, yeah, because he's given me no reason not to through the course of this season. Like, I, I don't. As much as I think experience and having been there can certainly help, I don't think Hayes Keenum's just going to forget how to play football when it comes to the playoffs, especially because it's not like he's Nick Foles who's coming in the last couple of games after not taking reps as the backup for most of the season. You know, he's not like Jared Goff who's in his second year in the league. He's a guy who's been around and seen and been a part of a fair amount of football already and has gone out and put it on tape for most of the season. Yeah, uh, Mike Goley Jr., so we were, we were ranking our NFL head coaching vacancies uh, one through six earlier. We both put the Raiders number one even though that's not going to be a vacant uh, spot for long here. It looks like John Gruden's going to, uh, I guess your coworker, John Gruden, for like $10 million a year. Would you put the Raiders number one because it's Derek Carr and um, you at least have something to work with there at quarterback? Or would you, I mean, the Lions are interesting too. They've been at worst seven and nine the last few years and they've won as many as 11 games. You get Matthew Stafford in his prime, you get an offense there. But what, what would, where would you rank the most appealing vacancies right now? Yeah, I mean, it gets tough because then you start looking at division two, but the Lions are intriguing just because, uh, again, you've got so many weapons all over the place there. And I know Matt Patricia is a name that's getting a lot of popularity and a lot of play up there. If you could bring in a defensive guy who, listen, in New England is not necessarily used to having a ton of marquee weapons and give him some of the players that you've got between that secondary and when healthy Ziggy Ansah, who we can get double-digit sacks in this league, uh, I think it becomes an interesting prospect for them. So I I might look at that job a little bit before I look at Oakland just because I think Oakland is so much farther away on defense from where they want to be. Yeah, you've got Khalil Mack, and we thought that was going to be enough of a buzzword going into the season, but clearly we found out that one guy doth not a great defense make, and so that was the issues that they ran into. Here's the question. Matt Patricia is a fascinating candidate. Uh, Would he keep the backwards hat and full caveman beard if he took a head coaching job? I think you have to. I think in this day and age, you really got to stick with what makes you different. In a lot of aspects of sports, it's not like it used to be. Not everyone has to treat this like the Yankees, where it's clean cut and clean shaven. I think we got a little more room for personalities. And uh, I don't know, just seeing the way Matt Patricia has operated with the shirts over the years and everything else, he doesn't seem like the guy that's going to kowtow to the image of what we believe a coach is supposed to look like. So get ready to see his pencil making that trip wherever it goes. Help me out here. How on earth does Marvin Lewis survive again? How did the Bengals, uh, after the reports that he was not going to come back, Mike, and and certainly it seemed like after a long, long time and no playoff wins that a parting made sense. How does Marvin Lewis survive with the Bengals? 
the Bengals, to me, I don't know if it's lacking self-confidence or just lacking any sort of care in this situation. <laughs> well because put. that's the message that you seem to send to this fan base is, you know, maybe the best case scenario is you thought about actually letting Marvin Lewis go. And then you looked around and said, oh, all these candidates, there's a bunch of jobs that look better than ours and didn't have confidence in what you bring to the table enough to take that risk. Or you just realize that, you know what? The organization is still somewhat profitable. Attend, you know, attendance is down, but you know maybe Mike Brown and that company don't really care all that much, and they're content to just go out there and be a 500-ish team and not be bad enough for people to really throw stones at, but not be good enough for anyone to ever worry about. And to me, that's the more terrifying thing. Like, damn it, you know, the the Browns for all of their miscues and for all their ineptitude, it at least looks like they're trying. Like, I lauded them for bringing in all the baseball guys and going with a different process because it it at least showed me you're willing to be bad but try to be different if you're going to be bad and try something else to see. And we go into this spring thinking the Browns actually have a chance to change that. We go into next year thinking, well, the Bengals are probably just going to continue to be the same Bengals team, and that might be even more sad. Yeah, it is It is super weird. I mean, it's been it's 15 years is a long time. No playoff wins. Marvin Lewis, according to reports, had to be convinced to come back. Like, what? On what planet is that the way the conversation is taking place? I would think that he'd be the one. Uh, it was almost like he wanted them to put him out of his misery. And they and, and, and Brown's like, no, please, two more years. Yeah, just come back. Ten please. million dollars. We'll do it. Yeah. What What else? What else are you going to do? And it's. And, guys, I'm the biggest proponent of continuity at the coaching position there is when you've seen reason to because going through regime changes over and over again at whatever level you want to is usually counterproductive. And that's why we see less and less of that. I mean, there's a reason we hold up, you know, the Pittsburghs and the Green Bays and the the New Englands of the world for sticking with one coach for a long period of time. But you have to know that there's top-end success possible with the way they've laid their groundwork. I'm all for not being totally result-driven and saying, well, if this doesn't work in three years. Well, no, if you trust the way that your coach has built up this team and the foundation of the organization, then I'm fine with you sticking it out. But you've got to see some potential there. And Marvin Lewis has never given you any reason to believe that he is anything other than a coach who could get you to the playoffs but not really do anything else. Yeah. Hey, a random college football question for you here. Baker Mayfield, uh, yay or nay on franchise NFL starting quarterback for you? Uh, I don't know if he's a franchise changer. He'll he'll be a starting quarterback at some point in the league. I think he's going to benefit from what Josh Rosen keeps claiming to want behind closed doors. Baker Mayfield is going to be the fourth quarterback taken. The NFL can't help themselves, and they're going to draft the skill set that those other three guys apply to you. So Baker Mayfield is probably going to be a first-rounder. He's probably going to be taken on the back end by a team that don't won't have to play him right away. And we'll see the benefit for him in that, hopefully down the road, where somewhere along the line he'll step in and probably be a pretty competent starter. You know, I, I don't know if he does any one thing special enough for me to say that he can be the guy you hit your wagon to for a decade, but he's going to go and give you valuable snaps probably two or three years down the road, but I doubt next season. I think well, taunting is one thing he does, especially. I think if you added one more category to the combine, it would be taunting, and uh, and he would be great in that category. Just a Fans. I would like to see the station at the Combine where it's like, all right, we need you to run up here, hit this cone, berate a Kansas player, <laughs> and then grab your crotch all the way back to the end line and really, really sell the finish. You know, we don't want the, you know, we want to see your ability to get through that end line on yes. this. And I, I have a feeling Baker would be at the front of the pack hyping up the crew. Would not surprise me one bit. There is, no, there is nothing that could occur in, in the Combine at this point, Mike, that, that would actually surprise me. 
There is nothing no, they could do that would I, I'd be like, I can't believe they did that. That's actually tame compared to some of the questions and things that we've heard over the years and the drills that yes. they seem to draw up in the dirt. So uh, uh, Indianapolis, the land where in the dead of winter, anything is possible. Yep. All right, Mike Golick Jr., great stuff. Uh, Happy New Year, and uh, we're looking forward to a national championship game next week, and uh, people can find your radio show early in the morning here on 1500 ESPN. See you, buddy. See you. Thanks, guys. Happy New Year. All right, Mike Golick Jr. Yeah, the... Uh, the Baker Mayfield thing is, I think he's going to be more successful than Johnny Manziel because he doesn't sling cocaine on the side. That always helps. But uh, I, the his his taunting and the whole I don't know the the whole rah rah thing. I don't think Golick put it now. perfectly. Teams cannot help themselves when when it comes yeah. to QBs. They might they might say it could be dangerous, but they will always do it. Yep, they yep. will always do it. Uh, Dave, what kind of questions are you going to sling at us next? Uh, very good ones, Phil. Looking at the second half for the Wild, little Vikings, and uh, Football Hall of Fame, now that we know right. uh, Moss and Hutchinson are close. Mackey and Judd. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. they got to be some tight asses, don't you think? Oh, they take <laughs> it very seriously. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, Dave Harrigan, he's got some questions for us. Fire away. I do. Mm-hmm. Sponsored by MetaFast today. Minnesota Wild tomorrow night after their game against the Sabres will be at the halfway point of the season. 41 games. Complete 41 to go. Let's just say they beat the Sabres tomorrow night. Let's give them that win, all right? Mm-hmm. Sabres are terrible. They get two more points to push them to 47 points, it would be, through 41 games. Mm-hmm. Give me a word that describes the first half of the wild season mm-hmm. in your mind, and give me a projection for the points you think they will gain in the second half. I'll give you a, I'll give you sort of a grunt. Yeah. So the really first half to me is... But their their first half to me is yeah, it's been it's just okay. They as much as I like the sport, they just sort of bore me. Like as we, we talked bring about the winter classic. as we talked about as we talked about at the start of the show, they don't really have a star. Um, they got Suter. For Crazy, all, you said so. For I said yeah, wait, no, 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 Mr. Two no, sides no, you of two, his mouth you see, here. You see, you both didn't listen. This is something you are guilty of. <laughs> you didn't listen to me. I said that they should have been awarded the Winter Classic after 2012 when they signed those two to 13-year, 98 million dollar contracts. Suter's no worse than he was then. I know, but what I'm saying is they signed two star players. I said at that they time they should have been players. awarded. They were very good. But at that time, Zach was considered very good. So what I was saying, if you guys had listened to me, which you didn't, I said in 2012, I would have awarded them the Winter Classic. Anyway. We listened closely. We just brought it back. Anyway, but you didn't know because you thought I was saying now because of those two. But anyway. You can't use Suter as a star in that conversation, then call him not a star in this conversation. I'm saying the new. Pick found, one side the, of your the, mouth the, the and new, talk no, out of the new, No, you don't understand. The newfound 13-year, $98 million investments that the franchise made in two markets key players at the time were enough to get you a winter classic. They didn't get it. The National Hockey League stinks. Right, I can go, back go on and on. So my point about this team, though, is they're like, no, no, you know, uh, I mean, they've got Zucker. What was that I gave you guys? Two goals in the past 15 games. Zucker. Koivu. Koivu. One goal in the past 30 Crazy. games. Uh, you know, Zach is back now, but we have no idea if he, he's going to be effective. He's 33 and coming off back surgery. Um, and my projection for the second half, I'm sure these guys will make a run. They always seem to. They, 
it makes them unlikable to me how they always seem to they they thrive off of allowing things to go wrong and then they make these runs oh we got to make a run how many times this have one's we a seen... little different in that they can legit play the injury card more than some of the other I know, years but but, it, yeah. but anyway um if you were to ask me right now i think i think they sneak in the playoffs uh assuming that guys who are back now contribute uh, but this is just sort of a nondescript team. Not, not, actually, I'm going to steal that word from Judd. Nondescript is a great way to describe the first half of the year, where they're just like they're ninth in the West, so they're not a dumpster fire, but they're not the 100 plus point juggernaut of last year. Their their best player, Zach Parisi, for years and years injured. Uh, Nino Niederreiter, their best goal scorer for the most part the last couple of years injured. They're just so even their roster is nondescript. Their their mascot is nondescript. Everything about them is just kind of middle of the road and nondescript. They're a bit naughty. They don't go past the second round of the playoffs. Uh, it's it's still a great environment and it's a great arena and it's a great experience. And they, so they have that. If they had a crappy arena, it'd be a lot worse. Let's put it that way. But um, to answer your question about the second half of the season in the Western Conference, ordinarily it takes about ninety five ish points to get to the postseason. So if you give them the win against, is it Buffalo coming up, right? Yeah, Thursday night. So we're giving them that win to, to put them on a 47 win first or 47 point first half. Uh-huh. So what would the math be there? 94? Mm-hmm. So if they just replicated. They'll sniff around it. They'll get they'll be right in there for that what kind of where they are now. They'd be right in there for the eighth seed. I think they take a step forward with the guys who haven't been playing coming back. I'll say they find between 95 and 100 points on the season, and they're like the seven seed, and, and here we round. and here we go again. I'll now, can, in the first round, but it, because it's hockey, if you can just get in, yeah. and your goaltender can get hot, yeah. maybe this year will be different. Sometimes that happens where you're okay. You're not really expecting much from this particular team, but but hey, you get in in hockey, and and almost anyone can get scorching hot and win three playoff series. Let's just say that that we've seen this goaltender get hot before. We we have never seen him get scalding hot in the playoffs, though. How many times have we? So, I mean, it's only been like three different meaningful postseason. Well, chances yeah, but for I mean, him, right? but but I, I'm just saying. And last year, we've I would argue him, he was hot last year. We've seen him, but Jake Allen was hotter. We've seen him uh, carry the carry this team on his back during the season at times. I still would like to see him do it in the playoffs. I don't know he's capable. I mean, in in general, can someone step up and be? I mean, if you look at the teams that win the Stanley Cup, it's either a red hot goalie, a star like Jonathan Quick, who's not always the best regular season goalie, but like three different times has stood on his head in the postseason. And star centers, or it's some star center yeah, or have. Uh, star defenseman Chara, who's been he's forty and still well, absolutely yeah. rocking in this league. So. Um, I don't know. They just don't. Right now, they don't have that DNA at all. My but they faith, do have a star, Ryan Suter. My faith is very small. You guys didn't listen. You don't listen to me. It's fine. Sometimes I don't I'm think you listen to, to yourself. I'm used to it. No. I specifically told you two that in 2012, <laughs> when they signed, when Parisi and Suter signed, that that's when it made sense to award this team a winter class. When are you going to understand that we listen so closely to you so that we could twist your words around two hours? Oh, later? I know exactly what you're doing, <laughs> but I still have I still have to defend. <laughs> even on days when I'm sick and don't feel good, I have to defend myself. Aww, woe is me. Oh, sniffles. I'm battling a cold here. That's tough. This is your Jordan flu game. I'm right battling now. the cold here. I don't feel that. This well. is your Jordan flu game. Come on. I've got the sh- I've got the shivers. I'll be Scotty Pippen. If you perform well in the last 25 minutes of the show, this I'll might, carry you out of the studio. This mic might not be good. 
for the next person. Well, you share a mic sponge with Patrick, who was throwing up in the hallway like two He's weeks ago. He's not here, ago. though. Patrick yeah, but that's Florida how now. you got this, probably. Well, I hope not. You should go to the... Uh, I hope I don't get, I hope I don't the, get more sick than I am already. Your own mic sponge like me, and you'll never get sick. Yeah, just like you didn't get sick last <laughs> week. And this week. <laughs> All right, uh, NFL, or I should say Pro Football Hall of Fame news coming out with four guys that are first-year eligible uh, being named finalists. Randy Moss, Steve Hutchinson, Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher. I'm interested in Moss and Lewis. Two-part question. Which speech are you looking forward to more? Wow. Moss getting emotional or Lewis getting insane? And <laughs> the fact that we know Moss is going to get emotional about Dennis Green, who, of course, has passed away. If you're Randy Moss, who do you choose to introduce you? If you can't choose, obviously, Dennis Green. Wow. Uh, two, so two-part answer. I would say most looking forward to the Ray Lewis speech. Randy Moss will be – I don't think Randy Moss is going to speak for a long time, but he will get emotional. Um, he'll All the things you said, he'll thank Denny Green – It'll be good. Ray Lewis, I look forward to his speech in the same way as a kid that I look forward to the Ultimate Warriors promo. <laughs> it's just like five to ten minutes, and in this case, it'll be 30 minutes of incoherent steroid speak. So mean. And that's so mean. By the by that. the end of it, you don't know what he said, but you're super fired up for what's about to happen. <laughs> yes! Like whatever he just said, I'm going to run through a brick wall. So Ray Lewis, uh, Randy Moss. Think he'll go to his old mentor, Chris Carter? <laughs> I got an idea. Sure Chris has already written a speech. He'd go to Mike Morris before he goes to Chris Carter. You know what I would do? I'd go to Jake Reed just to stick oh, it to CC. Just to stick That'd it to hilarious. a guy who claimed for years that he made me. Basically has tried from day one to take credit for my success. I would go to Jake Reed. I'd say, Jake, I want you to present me. Just keep going down the list. Bring Matthew Hatchett with you. Bring oh Chris Walsh. Kelly, Kelly Campbell. Oh, yes, Kelly Campbell. Nate Burleson. Bring them all back. That'd be amazing. Moss's speech, though. I think Moss's speech will be fantastic. I think it'd be really, really cool. And... Uh, it's so weird because because he's a really smart guy, and during his playing career, we like didn't see this side of Moss at all. I mean, he came off as a complete jerk. It's fun to see him now because he's he's intelligent. He, I mean, I thought he would be the last guy on earth to go in, into into TV. I thought he would go fishing and wouldn't come back. Uh, but I would go to Jake Reed. I'd say, Jake, let's stick it to CC. You're going to present me. God, that would be awesome. In Canton, it would be an amazing troll job. Yeah. It would be an all-time troll job. Final question, uh, several questions, actually. It's the MMQB's 2017 NFL Awards, boys. MVPs, Offensive, Defensive Player, Coach of the Year, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to give you some categories and let you know where the Vikings on those lists fall, and you are simply going to tell me whether that player or players is or are ranked too high, too low, or it's just about right. Are you ready? Okay. MVP, Case Keenum, 8th. Xavier Rhodes, 14th. Wow. Xavier Rhodes, 14th on the league MVP list. That's the voting. And they got about 10 10 different ballots that went towards the voting here. I think they're both very fair. I think 8th is fine. I'm fine with 8th. I don't think Keenum needs to be top 3 like some people are saying. I thought he might be top 5 previously, but I I, I think that's fine. I'm fine with him being 8th. Yeah. He's... He's come in, and if not for his competency, the Vikings would not have been in the position that they are. So. Harrison Smith ignored again. Mm-hmm. Offensive player of the year, non-quarterback. Adam Thielen is 10th on their list. All right, off the top of my head, Todd Gurley's got to be number one. And then, I mean, even Antonio Brown's first 
14 games have to be in the top 10 there. By the way, Diggs is 13th. I should say that, too. So Thielen's 10th? Yes. Yeah, and Diggs fair. is 13th? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of, honestly, I think that's too low for Thielen. Non-quarterbacks? Non-quarterbacks. Offensive only. Offensive only. Who's on, on the list before Thielen, then? Uh, Gurley, Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Gronk, DeAndre Hopkins, Kareem Hunt, Kamara, uh, Shady McCoy, and Kelsey. DeAndre Hopkins should not be above Adam Thielen. That's a lot of garbage time. He's really good. He has a lot more touchdowns. They're giving him touchdown credit there, which you know he deserves some for. Some of that's targets and catching. But I think Thielen has to be Savage higher than well, probably. Yeah, but I mean, Adam Thielen has elevated passes. Case Keenum. It's not like Keenum has been Mister Surgical. I'm not offended. I think it's okay. Defensive Player of the Year: Three Vikings, all tied at number eight. Ooh. Griffin Rhodes Smith. Too low. Wait a second. The best defense in the that's NFL. Too low. And the best players on that defense are no higher than eighth. Correct. Run through the uh, uh no. Calais Campbell, Aaron Donald, Cameron Jordan, Demarcus Lawrence, Bobby Wagner, Chandler Jones, Jalen Ramsey, all ahead. Uh, Bobby Wagner, huh? Uh, no. Sorry. Harrison Smith should be, uh, in my opinion, should be top three. But he's not a Pro Bowler, so. <laughs> so actually, he should be outside. No, What's the no, math on that? He's not a Pro Bowler. If he's not a Pro Bowler, how many defensive Pro Bowlers are there? Because the more he should be the outside the, the top four, you get it right. That is too low, David. That is too low. Okay, we already talked about Coach of the Year stuff. Zimmer is second on their <laughs> list behind McVay. That's fair. They have Pat Shermer as the number one assistant coach of the year. I think we'd say that's fair. That's hard to parse apart because how can you really know? Sometimes it's just, all right, this quarterback we thought was going to be crappy, and he's not, so let's give credit to the guy who must have been pulling his strings. Executive of yeah. the year, Rick Spielman, number three. Who are number one and two? Howie Roseman of Philly, number one. Les Sneed of the Rams. Rams. Howie Roseman's number one in part because two years ago he traded Sam Bradford for the pick that wound up leading to... Was that the pick that led to... No. No, it, not that to didn't Wentz. lead to Wentz. They took Wentz and then tra- right. and then subsequently yep. after that traded Bradford. Um, that is probably fair, but I could see, I could see Rick being two. I, I think Sneed is probably one because... That team was a dumpster fire in 2016, and, and he, he went out and hired a guy who is, what, 30 years old or was 30 years old at the time to coach the team. Uh, I could see Rick being two, but three I think is fair. I think, but the thing about Spielman, and I'm fine with him being three, but where you could make a case for him being even higher, they had to go through, and this is almost a, a three-year award for Rick Spielman, they had to hit on a bunch of defensive draft picks, and they did. They had to hire the right coach, Mike Zimmer, four years ago, and they did. They ha- and some of these are self-inflicted potholes that they ran into, like the offensive line pothole. Well, that's you yeah, put you that pothole that. in the ground. You create that problem. Yes. So there's that, but but all the little things that he had to fix, and then Adam Thielen undrafted. You know, these or Stefan Diggs fifth round pick. Offensively, the parts to to me, if if we're we're gonna have him, if he's gonna be in the conversation about this award being his, I think it is it is the offensive parts that he brought brought in here in the past eight months. I really do. Because de- defensively, you, you can always say that Zim told him who to draft, and that's fine. But if, you, if you're if you trying to give credit, Rick Spielman went out and fixed what was a major problem offensively. So Yeah, you could you could make a case for number one there, but again, it's a lot of it's just perception. Really, the the best front—I'm I'm sure there's probably—well, uh, is Bill Belichick, does he have full control over personnel in New, New England? England? Yes, he does. Because you could always just power. say that, like, well, Bill Belichick, yeah, Bill Belichick although he did wind up only getting a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. If they had traded him maybe a year earlier, they'd probably get more than a second-round pick. Yep. 
Because it wasn't like he did anything different. He played last year. He's still year. Belichick, though. That's true. Two more categories to give you. Do you have any problem with Case Keenum finishing second, Adam Thielen finishing fourth in the most improved player? I have a huge problem with Thielen. He should not be as high as fourth on that list. He went for almost 1,000 yards last year. Yeah, he's not really. He, he was really good unimproved. last year. He was just targeted more often this Who's year. Who's first? Uh, Jared Goff. That's fair. I mean, Keenum, I'd give it to Keenum. Keenum has to be number one. I'd give it to Keenum. 30-year-old, basically, journeyman who, whose career high in starts before this year, I think, was or career high in games was like well, nine. who was worse for the Rams last year? Was it, was it Goff or Keenum? Because they're both pretty sim- similar this year. But, I mean, Go- <laughs> I mean, Keenum got benched for Goff. Goff's a maturing, uh, a maturing top pick. Keenum was nobody. I think it, it, he's too low. I think Keenum has to get it. It's hard to give a guy who's in his second year most improved, yeah. right? Although Chris Dunn might win that award in the NBA this year. He's been pretty good for the Bulls. Do you have one more category? I do. The biggest snub on the list. 16 players around the league were listed uh, among the votes for special teams player of the year. None of them are named Ryan Quigley. The guy had no touchbacks. Zero. The guy took a sand wedge every time he put his foot on the ball and stuck it inside the 10-yard line. Underappreciated. I agree. That's a huge snub. Uh, let's bring back Ask Mackie and Judd when we come back. We haven't done that in like six months. Ask Mackie and Judd if you want to ask us questions about sports, Judd's hooded sweatshirt collection, uh, relationships, whatever it may be. We can take your phone calls. We can take your questions. Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com or tweet at us at Phil Mackie at 1500ESPN-Judd at 1500ESPN. 651 646 8255. We've got some big news. Mackie and Judd now continue. Can you smell it? On 1500 ESPN. Andy Boss is in for a touchdown. Oh, Al Harris playing off. Bit up on the route. And Randy Moss, without even really being able to run, as he shoots the moon to the fans here in Green Bay. That is a disgusting act by Randy Moss. And it's unfortunate. That we had that on our air live. That is disgusting by Randy Moss. I forgot that Collinsworth was the tag team partner there. Yeah. Man. Didn't they didn't they have a three man booth at the time? Was it Buck, Collinsworth, and Aikman originally? And was then it? I think Collinsworth okay. went to NBC and it became uh Troy and Joe. But yeah, I think it was a three man booth at the time. I think. Yeah, I don't remember uh, I I don't even really remember Collinsworth on Fox. I just remember him. As a studio guy, and then yep. uh, eventually NBC, but there it is. Uh, all right, we're going to bring back this. is We haven't done this since June 22nd of last year. Ask Mackie and Judd. We're bringing it back for the new year, and uh, we'll take your questions either at Phil Mackie, at 1500ESPNJudd, or at 1500ESPN on Twitter. You can use the hashtag Ask Mackie and Judd. We will answer all of your questions about sports and life and politics Maybe not Maybe politics. Maybe not politics. That might be a really whatever, bad idea these days. Whatever you want. Uh, you can email us, too. Here's DJ. What's Judd complaining about? Felino is exactly the type of no-talent goon Judd wanted on this team. Is that true? It's did true. you want when did I a say no-talent that? goon I, on this team? I heard that, yeah. When did I say that? You said they could build a winter classic around him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I did say that last year. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Were you? Did you? What was your reaction when they brought in Felino? I can't even really remember. Collar immediately told me that is an awful trade. And, and what, was, he, what was your reaction? And, no, no, no. Because his he, reaction was to pair it with somebody else. Dragging he had collar seen, into this. No, collar, collar had watched a ton of Sabres games. And so I went to him and I said, What do you think? And he said, Ennis and Felino are non starters. It's a terrible trade. 
because he said that Tyler had suffered a concussion, had been good until he suffered a concussion a couple years ago, and after that declined quickly. And he said Felino, okay. Felino will have flashes, but ultimately disappoint you. So I took a guy who had has seen a ton of those guys. I took his word uh, for it, but I'm sure that at one time I did say Marcus Foligno would be the perfect mm. addition to the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Colin has an Ask Mackie and Judd question here on Twitter. Most likely, what's most likely? Darvish signs with the Twins. Vikings make or win the Super Bowl, or Gophers make the Sweet 16. Oh, I think I'll this, be at that game tonight. By the way, Gophers, Illinois. I think you? I think this one's very very simple. Vikings Super Bowl. Vikings, yes. Make um, Vikings at least make the Super Bowl. Yes. Because they're the odds on NFC favorite yes, right now. Are. Yes. The Gophers are the Gophers are they gotta prove a couple things just to show that they're a tournament team at this point. Uh-huh. Depth. Uh-huh. And here's the latest update on the twins and you Darvish. Early scoop here. I'm assuming we're gonna get Doogie at some point this week, on but Friday. Okay. Early scoop from Doogie late last night, early this morning. <laughs> the twins and you Darvish are still trying to quote match schedules for a face-to-face meeting. I've heard that a couple times when asking for prom dates back in the day. You know what? Uh, yeah, I got a thing, but uh, maybe we can connect. Uh, I, I'll i call you. What's your number? <laughs> Never mind. Totally busy that night. What's going on, yeah. prom? <laughs> He's already met for like two two straight days with the Cubs. He met with two or three other teams. The Yankees hey, are you Darvis, can we get a meeting? In the mix, supposedly, too. Uh, I'm on vacation. Yeah, I got, I'm a fan. I'm busy. I got a thing. Fan, I, I love you, but I'm busy. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. I think if if you were to ask me to rank this list, Vikings Super Bowl is number one. Gophers making Sweet 16 is number two. You Darvish uh, pitching for the Twins in 2018, a distant number three. Yeah, the Gophers, you know, I saw, was it Jay? I think Jace Frederick was writing about this for the Pioneer Press this morning, that they've gone from five or six weeks ago a Final Four looking team. Oh, Chad Graff wrote the story. Yeah, Chad wrote the story. Okay, Chad. Yes. And then now they're just—they have to prove themselves to show that they're a tournament team. I think. I think the, they're going to win tonight. But if I'm know. if I'm not mistaken, the ESPN uh, bracketology guy said that right now the Gophers are the last team in the tournament. Okay. So they're just last team. So they're in. It's different. So they're than, like a twelve seed. Or it's something. different than what I thought. I had great hopes, and now my expectations have been. Uh, Curtailed. Yeah. Uh, ask Mackie and Judd, uh, 651-646-8255. We'll take your questions from uh, all angles or Mackie and Judd at 1590ESPN.com. Let's see here. Uh, a different Colin chimes in on Twitter. If you could have any Viking cut a WWE-style promo, who would you want to hear from? Oh, that's this is so simple to me. Griffin, right? It's got to be Griffin. I mean, after we we heard his impassioned, he'd actually be really good at that. He'd be his, a great WWE superstar. His impassioned uh, speech to to the team before the game he didn't play in in Washington. It's not. They even can't close handle to me. you. They can't it's handle great. you. And he's like concussing everybody, yeah, slapping them be, on the head. It's perfect wrestling. He'd be perfect. He'd be pretty far up there. If we could go former Vikings, Jared Allen would make the list, and Pat Williams' indecipherable ran, ramblings would make the list too. Oh, Pat would be great. Yes. Yeah. There's not a lot. Hot or Alex Boone, obviously. Hot garbage, baby. Pat Williams. Hot garbage. Is that one of his? He I could never garbage. decipher what he was. Yes, he said that all the time. Actually, I think one time when I was covering, uh, I covered that beat for like three or four years, overlapping when you did for the Star Tribune. And so I remember one time, I think you and Chip were in there in the media room, and I had some some software on my computer where you could just like upload an MP3 of audio and it would auto translate, <laughs> but they weren't very accurate right. pieces of software. And we ran like a five-minute Pat Williams interview through the the translation software. <laughs> it just like there were no no decipherable ellipses, words were translated. Ellipses <laughs> transcribed. Um, 
yeah, Alex Boone comes to mind. This current Vikings team, though, as far as like who could cut a WWE promo, Griffin's the only one. Besides Everson Griffin, I mean Stefan Diggs a little bit, but they're all. It's a pretty boring yeah. in a good way, though. You, right. I'd rather them be boring. Right. Mike Zimmer <laughs> cut a WWE promo. There's not a lot of exciting personalities, though, and that's fine. You'd much rather on them purpose, be right. great on the field right. and then lack personality off of it than the other way around, which is how they've been for a long time. Mm-hmm. Xavier Rhodes would have a chance cutting one as like the thinking man's wrestler. He's, okay. a, he's a pretty decent quote from stuff I've watched. Okay. Yeah, that'd be good. I just don't... I Phil's right. They have purposely gone out and smartly tried to get guys who aren't, like, bombastic. Like, if you think about this, this team 15 years ago, and you think about the guys on that team, you had a lot of guys who, who basically, if, if there was an off day, you'd be like, oh, boy. This team well, was... Yeah, I mean, Dwight Smith. Dwight Smith. This team, this team was off on New Year's Eve, and no one got arrested. That's a miracle. Unlike no, I mean, well, Travis Taylor a when he got thrown in, in the pokey for trying to defend his mom. Yeah. He and his mom were out, and he got arrested in 2006. Hey, it happens to all of us. Uh, you can find, if you miss Jim Peterson or Lou Nanny on the show or Mike Golick Jr., go find the podcast. iTunes, anywhere you would download podcasts, or just 1500ESPN.com, the Mackie and Judd show page. We are back tomorrow. And uh, Purple Podcast, always available. You can check that out as well.